Hey, I'm Coach Mickey, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here on Binge on Life, Not a Cheesecake. And if this is your first time joining us, come on in and make yourself comfortable. And if you join me on a regular basis, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here. Good for you for making a choice to come in and make your life better, to help get over binge eating, and also allow me to share my stories and my insight to help you get through this journey and also to know that you are not alone. Uh, Binge eating, oh my gosh, there are so many facets to it. And for many, many years, I've been a binge eater. And if you listen to my first podcast, I kind of shared with you one of my shameful stories in regarding my binge on a cheesecake in the parking lot. Well, I'm going to talk about sugar today. Sugar seems to be the main culprit to us as binge eaters. And for us, that seems to be our go-to, whether we're dealing with stress, whether we're dealing with anxiety, whatever the reason is or the emotion that's attached to it, sugar seems to always be the first thing that we go to. Now, I'm also a binger on salt, so I will tell you that popcorn and pretzels were also my other drug of choice when it came to coping with different situations and different emotions. But today, we're just going to focus on sugar because I've done a lot of research on this and just the reasoning that our bodies crave sugar is really has a, a strong attachment also to the emotional attachment that we use sugar as a coping mechanism. Well, before we get into that, I want to share a story with you that made me realize why some of my uh, emotional strongholds to sugar transpired the way they did for me now as an adult. Back in the seventh and eighth grade, I was transferred from public school into a Catholic school. And unfortunately, going from that location into that, going from my public school into a private school was very difficult, uh, not only for me, but also for my siblings. And unfortunately, I was bullied a lot, uh, pretty much every day. And you would think that that wouldn't have occurred. However, these people had grown up with each other since kindergarten. So they all knew each other. They were, you know, popular because of the basketball team and the, and the cheerleaders. And I don't like to, I don't want to peg and say those are the people that always do that. Unfortunately, that just happened to be the group of people that always constantly bullied me. Uh, it made it very difficult every day. So I would walk home after school, I would walk home and I just could not wait to get out of there. But on my way home, what would always brighten and enlighten my day was I would stop by my great-grandmother's house. So as I would walk, I'd have to pass her house, and every day I'd make a point of stopping by to see her. Now, I don't remember her age, but I can tell you she had her gray curly hair with the blue tint. You know, for those of you that have got a, had a great grandmother or a grandmother, you can remember who had the the blue tint before blue hair was kind of cool. They were doing, they were rocking that back, you know, earlier than, than when we were doing it now. And she had really thick glasses and it would magnify her eyes. And she was the sweetest, sweetest person. And I can remember knocking on her door and every day she would greet me with a big hug. And just as she opened the door, I could just be overwhelmed with this fragrance, this smell, this uh, inviting aroma of a baked pie. My great-grandmother, every day after school, would bake me a pie. So I, I would bake me a pie before I got there for after school. So when I arrived, she'd greet me at the door, and the first thing she would say was, I baked a fresh pie for you today, dear. 
Well, that was every single day. And I'd go upstairs and she'd ask me about my day. Now, I didn't really go into too much about what was going on at school because at that point in time, I just wanted to just leave it alone and not talk about it. And plus being with her, you know, she was older and I just really just wanted to enjoy my time with her. She would um, slice, you know, cut me a slice of pie and sometimes it'd be apple, sometimes it'd be berry, pumpkin, whatever, whatever she felt like making that day or what she had, she would, she would bake this pie. And then we'd sit and watch TV and I'd be there for uh, probably a little bit less than an hour. But within that hour, with every, every taste of that pie, with every bite of that pie, I could just feel the the stress just melting away and then being with her and talking with her and just being in that environment of being accepted and loved and feeling safe. It just really left such a positive feeling and impression, you know, on my life. But looking back at it as an adult and thinking about all the different times where I didn't feel that way, where I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel accepted and I was going through a lot of stressful times, my go-to, as you guys know, was the cheesecake. So what happened here? So let's let's break this down a little bit because it really was an epiphany for me to understand where this emotional attachment was. So here I had the pie and then feeling the way I did. And then moving on to my adult life, using other sugar-related things to to co as a coping mechanism to to alleviate those those feelings. Now, there's a couple things going on here. One is I tried to look back and said, what if my grandmother had only played cards with me? What if every day after school I met her and we played a game of cards? Would I feel still feels feel, still feels <laughs> first day of my new tongue? <laughs> Would I still feel the same way? Well, I would probably always have that amazing memory. However, I wouldn't be binging and eating anything because I didn't associate that moment with food with the feelings that I had. But I probably would always have that great memory uh, and feeling good about having a bad day and then doing something fun with my great grandmother. So there'd be still that, um, that attachment, but there wouldn't be the food attachment. So sugar is kind of tricky. Uh, there's there's a lot that I have found out about sugar, and I want to share this with you. So when we eat sugar, it does release uh, dopamine within our brain, and it's it's the so-called feel-good transmitter that makes us feel good. It has like a natural reward system. So by eating sugar, it's always going to make us feel happy, and it. it Makes a lot of sense because you think about it, our taste buds are sugar and salt. What happens though is that when we eat sugar and we eat too much of it, our body we almost create a tolerance to it. So where when I went on my 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 cheesecake binge, what if I had just had a couple of cookies instead of eating a whole cheesecake? Well, I had a big problem. I had a big issue and it was going to take a lot more sugar to be able to alleviate that problem, which led me to binging on that whole cheesecake, whereas a couple cookies wouldn't have mattered. So finding that attachment and understanding it has given me the ability to to take that information and back away from sugar. What happens is when we're eating that much sugar, you create that tolerance. So I want to feel good and I eat sugar. 
but I don't feel good enough, so I have to eat more. And now it's a vicious cycle. You have to eat more to feel good. You don't feel good. And then you, you go back to eating more and more and more. So how can we replace this? And what really happens with, with sugar? Like, how, Why would a cheesecake and cookies and a cupcake and everything, even though it's those sweet treats are filled with sugar, why do we not get the same feeling when we eat other items that are sugar? Well, let's, let's delve into that a little bit. First of all, when we do eat sugar, there is a, a huge difference based on eating sugar from fruit and sugar that is processed sugar from cupcakes and cookies and other things. Just looking at and breaking it down as a whole, if I decide to make a bowl of blueberries, raspberries, and uh, let's say blackberries, because I love berries, and I have that, and then I on the, next to me, I've got a couple cupcakes. So let's look at the difference. So sugar is a source of calories. However, when we consume those excess calories from sugar and other sources, it can lead to weight gain in the body. And we have a difficult time just burning it off. But why is that? Because if you look at a cupcake, what are the other ingredients that are within that cupcake? You've got eggs, you've got butter, you've got flour, you've got a lot of other ingredients that really can have a more fat type of base along with the sugar. So the sugar is like the vehicle that says, hey, you want to feel good. You need to eat this. But by the way, um, jumping in the car with us is, I'm going to be the driver, says the sugar, and jumping in the car with us is going to be the fat with the butter and the flour and all the other ingredients that go with it. So where do you think that's going to go in your body? You, you have the sugar and then everything else has got to go somewhere else. It's got to be stored, right? That's where a lot of your weight gain comes in because it's all the other ingredients that are attached. I mean, think about that cheesecake that I ate. That cheesecake was what? Cream cheese and uh, sugar and all these other ingredients that we know are that are uh, fat and, and not good fats. Now, good fats are a whole different thing when you're looking at good fats that your body needs. But when you're looking at excessive fats like that are attached to you know um, pastries and other things, and you're consuming a lot of those and an abundance of those, of course, you're going to gain weight. And what else? So what, let's talk about the insulin. I know we always talk about di diabetes when it comes to sugar. So when we consume refined sugars, it rapidly increases the, our blood sugar level. And you guys know what it's like to get that uh, increase of your blood sugar that then all of a sudden you crash. However, when you're taking in all that sugar, your pancreas releases insulin to help regulate your blood sugar. And then insulin promotes the storage of excess glucose um, in your liver and muscles. However, once it's that glucose is full and you don't have any more storage, it has to be converted into fat and then stored into your tissue. Okay. So that's going to also lead to gaining weight. It also increases our appetite. Sugary foods lead to that rapid spike, just like we talked about, and then we get that crash. But the fluctuation can trigger hunger and cravings, and then leading us to overeating and then having more higher caloric uh, foods, such as eating a whole sleeve of Oreos or eating the whole cheesecake, because we're craving it, and it, it doesn't fill us up. This leads me to my next thing. Foods that are very high in sugar, like the drinks, like like different sodas or the juices, you know, your your uh, fancy coffees that you have in the morning that are 
top of whipped cream and chocolate, they're going to also do the same thing. They're going to fluctuate and make you crave more sugar without ever giving you the feeling of being full. And because this is all empty type of calories that you're consuming. So you're never going to feel full and it's going to lead you to wanting more and more. So let's take a look at the opposite of this. If we need sugar, we want to feel good about having sugar. First of all, let's identify the actual attachment, which is why am I feeling the way I do? And what's leading me to it? And where are the attachments? Just like I told you the story from my past to kind of figure out why I've always had this attachment to the sugar foods when I felt a certain way. But I've also learned to go, if I'm going to have something that's sugar-based and I want to enjoy, we can actually go ahead and, and make the change. So what's the difference here? Let's, let's, what's cupcake versus a banana? Well, when you take natural sugars, okay, so uh, the fruit, when fruit has got um, the sugar, which is a natural, let, let me start over again, you guys, because I'm, I've got all this information to tell you. And sometimes I just want to tell you so fast, it doesn't come out right. <laughs> the sugar that's in fruit is basically natural. And while that sugar, while that sugar is easy to consume into your body, the other thing that you have got with fruits is you're going to get the fiber, you're going to get vitamins, and you're going to get minerals. Where on the other hand, when you have the refined sugar, like in the cupcake, and you have all those other ingredients, you're going to, it's not filled. They're, they're kind of, you have more nutritional value in the container they came in than the actual cupcake itself. Whereas having like a, a banana or berries or an apple, you're going to have the fiber. And fruits that are very high in fiber will also help slow down the absorption of sugar into your bloodstream. Okay. This can help regulate your blood levels, your blood sugar levels, and then also gives you the feeling of fullness. Whereas a cupcake on the hand, you know, is again, is, is low in, in fiber. So what's going to happen? You're going to absorb it really fast. Your blood sugar is going to spike and you're not going to feel very good. So the, the also the nutritional value. Um, also the fact that you've got, uh, different things that are high in water. Like if you have watermelon or if you've got peaches or plums or some of those other fruits, you know, there's nothing more satisfying than biting into a very ripe peach and it's really juicy and it's sweet. That has a lot of water in it too. So that's also very good for you. That's going to help with um, keeping you full. So there's a lot of other things that we can look at in regards to using something different compared to going for a cupcake. So knowing the health benefits of sugar is is something we really need to understand. And I think it's going to help us. I know it certainly helped me to understand why does sugar affect us the way we do? Why are we attached to it? How does it go off into our bodies? And it really makes sense. So I'm just going to kind of sum it up. And, I, and I'll use uh, my my example of, of feeling um, unaccepted, that feeling of disappointment or not being accepted or worry led me to sugar. And why did it lead me to sugar? Because when I ate anything with sugar, I got that quick jolt that went into my bloodstream, that went straight to my brain, that released the dopamine, that all of a sudden said, oh my gosh, this is great. And it gives me an artificial reward to make me feel good about myself. I needed to eat a lot more to constantly keep feeling good. 
which we know we don't because we downward spiral. As soon as the sugar starts to drop out of our body and we crash, not only that, a lot of times I felt emotionally, or excuse me, uh, physically sick. Yes, I was already emotionally unstable, but I was also feeling physically sick, sick because I had consumed so much of that that sugar and that item, such as a cheesecake. Whereas if you replace it with a natural sugar, such as fruits, you've they've got high in fiber, they've got water, they've got nutrition, they've got minerals, they've got vitamins, they've got other things that are going to help you within your body. Not only that, it's going to regulate your blood sugar. You're not going to get that crash and you're going to have that feeling of fullness. Now, this is where the challenge comes in. It's recognizing when you have to feel the way you do, when you are feeling the way you do, and when you're going to go after whatever food to help you with that. And maybe there won't be a food. You know, you can also get the endorphins as such, you know, you've heard of a runner's high where you could go for a walk. And if you've attended any of my seminars, and if you've read my book, uh, Binge on Life, Not a Cheesecake, you'll understand that you can also get those endorphins that can help your help your body get the kind of the same feel-good reward without using food as that coping mechanism. So I'm going to leave you with this again, just like we do. Again, if you, however you're feeling or whatever you're going through at that time where you feel the need, like you're going to go in and, and grab something to use as a coping mechanism to get you through that feeling, I would like you to stop even for just two to three minutes. And if you've been on my Binge on Life YouTube channel, you will see that there is a couple of, and probably many, I keep adding them on, things and videos that say binge on this first. I have got pictures of the ocean. I've got walks. I have got just things to take you out of that mindset. And they're only two minutes. Turn on that and just watch them for two minutes. If not, turn on the radio. It's, you know, stare out the window, meditate, move, remove yourself from the situation and put a timer on your phone. You could do it for two minutes. And then go back to your journal that I would say, put your time and date, how you feel, who and where are you, because you're going to recognize a pattern. Sometimes people can set off these triggers to make you feel the way you do. And then rank it on a scale from one to 10. How do you feel? I mean, what, how strong is that emotion? How strong are you feeling? Whatever you're feeling at that time. And then what did you eat? You know, what, if you did, if you did eat, and if you didn't eat, you know, write it down and then also write down how you're feeling then, you know, how you're feeling about whatever action you took and then comment and put down what maybe could you have done differently to help you through that. And then I would like you to also write three things that you really like about yourself. Just three things. It could be anything. It could be you like the way you write. You like the way you uh, you look today. You like how your hair looks. You know, you like the way that you chose to have a glass of water instead of opening up a soda, maybe one time today. But I want you to celebrate you regardless if you had the binge. I still want you to celebrate you. So... We learned a lot today about sugar. I've learned a lot and I love sharing this with you so you can identify some of the things that you're going through and maybe some of the connections that are happening with the foods that you choose to eat. So I hope this brings you to another 
step in your journey with binge eating. And I hope that you keep going and doing what you're doing. You know, I want you to binge on life, not the cheesecake. And I will look forward to seeing you again next week. Until next week, I'm so proud of you and I cannot wait to see you. Please keep doing one little step every day to get you closer to your non-binge eating goal. And I will look forward to seeing you in the next episode on Binge on Life, Not a Cheesecake. See ya.